0: governor bill lee's education savings account aka vouchers narrowly passes both chambers of the house and release the white smoke the budget is coming welcome to grand divisions this is the week of april 29th i'm joel ebert
1: and i'm natalie allison
0: All right. First and foremost, we've got to get to the the biggest piece of legislation uh, to come out this year, at least in terms of uh, controversial legislation, uh, school vouchers. The education savings account bill uh, was approved last Tuesday in the House by a vote of 50 to 48. Two days later in the Senate, uh, 20 to 13. It was a very close vote in both chambers and included in the house, a very dramatic 40 minute period that hasn't been seen since the Jimmy Nafy years where house speaker Glenn Cassida kept the voting board open. Natalie, uh, you were there with Jason Gonzalez and I, as we covered this, uh, paint a picture for people that may or may not have seen it.
1: So they take the vote, uh, they don't have the votes. They don't have the fifty they need. They're at forty-nine. Uh, the Democrats immediately start screaming, "Take the vote! Take, take the vote. vote!" So they're they're screaming for the clerk to, you know, or the speaker to tell the clerk to call the vote. Um, and this goes on for several minutes until they realize it's just not going to happen. And so everyone stands up and starts pacing around, milling about.
0: You have at one point Ron Gant, uh, uh, who is in leadership in the House. the assistant summoned, majority leader, yeah. Summoned to the speaker's days.
1: Yeah. So the uh, Speaker Casada calls Ron Gant up there, presumably, to Twist instruct him to, yeah. to flip his vote. Um, they, they talk for several minutes. Ron Gant... Walks back to his desk. Actually, I think he walks out of the chamber Mm. um, directly after that. And it seems like there's no progress. The speaker then moves to a balcony off the chamber with a number of his advisors, several other members in leadership and a few other members. And there's kind of like this rotating cast of members who keep getting called out. There.
0: So for those of you that don't know the back of the, the house chamber, it's essentially an area right behind the speaker's podium. The uh, a press room or press seating is right next to it. So we can see almost everybody that goes in this back porch and the porch technically is only available to members. You have to have a a, a pass key to get in. Essentially, uh, you have to push a button to get out, which anybody can push. You can go out there. So at one point in sessions, there have been multiple times where people will go out there for cigarette breaks, including reporters, uh, not myself or Natalie, of course, uh, and as well as lawmakers, and just see you know the nice view of of uh, Nashville there. Uh, also, just to get some from fresh air while there's a lot of hot air in that chamber. Uh, so we tried to go out there during this, this, I guess, hotboxing uh, on the, um, uh, during the voucher debate and we were prevented from doing so.
1: Prevented from doing so. Prevented from even looking out the window. So there's, it's like a glass door. There's blinds on it. The blinds were open. Uh, mm. so for a little while, uh, me at one point, Joel at another point, or trying to look out the window, a, uh, a, a Cassida staffer actually closed the blinds as I was doing that. Uh eventually, Joel tries to, what, go up and clear yeah. out the blinds yeah, he I, I get shooed away the by the sergeant in sergeant arms, arms the box. Box who tells him to go stay in the box. The yeah, he told box. me to stay
0: in the media area. <laughs> and I said, I, I'd never heard that before, you know, since I, I've been here. And he said, neither have I. <laughs> So, um, you know, uh, eventually the the brief intermission, the 40-minute intermission, uh, ended. Well, it's
1: important to say that one of the people who was called out to that porch was That's Jason right. Zachary. Yep. And Jason Zachary, Republican from Knoxville, turned out to be the deciding vote in, in vouchers passing the House that day. Uh, Cassida succeeded at convincing him
0: to flip his vote. So in very rapid fashion, they come back in. Uh, so uh, re- release the white smoke part one. Uh, <laughs> the decision is made. Boom. The vote is is there and it's 50-48. Everybody's madly dashing. Who who was the, the, the person to flip? And it ended up being Zachary. We later get with uh, Jason Zachary, who has been on our podcast before, uh, and ask him to explain. And he basically said, uh, the, the long and the short of it is, I got enough assurances that Knox County was going to be taken out of this legislation. And everybody's question was, well, that wasn't what you voted on, though, that Knox County is in this the current version of the House legislation. And he said, no, no, no. But in the process that is about to play out, which we believe will be in you know, either the Senate or in a conference committee, uh, that Knox County won't be there. So he felt comfortable uh, enough to vote for this and be the de- deciding vote on this legislation.
1: Yeah. And he also he was asked whether he was given any kind of incentive for switching his vote. Uh, I think at one point he said something about teacher raises. But then he also said, no, I I don't have any projects that I need, you know, which is not accurate.
0: I I found that he had one of his, uh, uh, you know, uh, legislative initiatives funded for a million dollars for, uh, I believe, the Tennessee Aquarium and four zoos in the state. Um, so there's that, but you know, he says that he didn't, he didn't, uh, flip the vote for any Incentives, and,
1: and the Speaker's office said they didn't provide any incentives. The Governor's office says they didn't offer any incentives, which, you know, is not consistent with what some of the members have said about being approached about their vote and uh, potentially flipping their vote.
0: So we had a couple of members, Representative David Hawk and um, Bob Ramsey, tell us what sort of the, the vote twisting or the arm twisting that was going on ahead of the uh, vote. Was, and That was kind of an interesting thing to note. Let's flip over to Senate. A uh, couple days later, Senate vote on it. Um, they usher in a new member because uh, it sounded like some anticipated the vote to be very, very close. Uh, so this new member uh, was Bill Powers. And what did he do, Natalie, right off the bat?
1: Well, the very first thing he did after he got sworn in a couple days after being um, elected to Mark Green's old seat in a special election in, in Montgomery and Stewart and and what houston county um the first thing he did was vote for vouchers after while he was campaigning this spring and winter saying he would not do that he said he was opposed to vouchers uh that you know the the teachers in his district the school the school district that had actually voted in favor of a resolution denouncing vouchers um he had said he talked to those people and, and he was not a fan of vouchers and yet the first thing he did when he got to the Senate last week was to vote in favor of the governor's ESA plan. Uh, we did ask the governor about that um, prior to being able to get a hold of Bill Powers. We had tried to get him to talk about it and he kept saying like, I have a statement coming, a statement coming. So in that interim you know, period of a couple hours, uh, there was an avail with the governor that we had and I asked him, um, you know, did you Convinced Bill Powers to to switch his vote, and essentially the governor said, "Yeah, um, he he said he didn't offer him anything. He said he the governor said he explained his passion for for ESAs and and why this was important, and apparently that was enough to convince uh, the new senator.
0: Ahead of the Senate vote, there was an interesting uh, bill review, which is often where uh, Republicans get together and talk about where the shape of legislation where they might be on something. Uh, and Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson just reminded members at that point, uh, remember th- this governor, B- Billy, uh, is a new governor. He's popular. This is his you know, initiative that uh, we love him. Uh, the uh, president the day before the vouchers vote uh, touted his support for the education savings account legislation. Uh so that was sort of Jack Johnson's message to members What ended up being a 20 to 13 vote which is just 3 more than is necessary uh for for passage. One other th- interesting thing in the Senate I thought um was at one point one of the members I believe John Rose Senator John Rose got up and said Paul he Rose. was Paul Rose I'm sorry John Rose is uh, There's a, a lot of roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Um Uh, Paul Rose gets up on the Senate floor and says, I was not offered any incentives. I was not asked for anything for my (laughs) vote, which was very bizarre. Oh, and
1: my wife might divorce me. Yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, (laughs) very interesting to say I wasn't bribed, you know, either that was a sadness thing or or, but congratulations, you know, I guess so. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, other things that happened last week. Uh, that we got to go through quickly. Uh, there were several major budget decisions, uh, early in the week, the, uh, house voted on its budget or was that the previous week? I don't recall. Uh,
1: so the, the house voted on their budget on Wednesday last, last week.
0: Okay. And then uh, two days later, there was a, uh, uh, so on Friday, there was a press conference with senators uh, coming out and explaining their version of the budget, which there are significant differences between what the Senate wants to do and the House wants to do. Um, among them are, you know, provisions related to this Katie Beckett waiver.
1: Yeah. So the House, uh, I, I guess there's a little bit of... There was a little bit of a standoff last week. I, I'm not going to call it a urinating contest, but Uh-oh. there there was something like that where uh, they were both, you know, insisting that they, they had the right idea on how to fund or not fund Katie Beckett, the House insisting that um, it was going to be fine to use revenue from a new online sales tax. The state's going to begin collecting the Senate saying, no, trust us, this is a bad idea. Um, the House had said it would fully fund this Katie Beckett program, which is a waiver program for families with children with severe disabilities who wouldn't qualify for Medicaid otherwise.
0: It would cost about $27 It cost about
1: $27 million. Uh, the Senate at one point had called into question how much it actually would cost, trying to suggest that it would cost more. And then it seems like they've kind of accepted maybe how much it will cost, but they're still unwilling to use this online sales tax revenue. For the program, um, as of their their most recent publicly available budget, they were only going to fund a portion of this program, um, about fifteen million dollars worth. Now, granted, there have been budget talks all weekend. We are not privy to those because they won't let us into them. So we don't really know where it stands. I, from what I understand, it seems like the Senate is trying to fund more than that $15 million now. They're working with the House to figure out a way to pay for more of it.
0: So, yeah, this is white smoke part two. Um, the Senate comes out on, on Friday and essentially announces what they're going to fund in their budget. There is disagreement between the House and the Senate still. I mean, we've talked to some House members. That saw this as again just kind of chest bumping, saying that the the, the Senate was uh, prioritizing this versus that. You tried to go to a, a Sunday afternoon meeting, which is a rarity. I would not encourage anyone to work on a Sunday, but uh, this is late in the session, and extraordinary measures call for uh, certain, you know, uh, <laughs>
1: in the interest of the public and you know transparency. <laughs> in a I 38 thought thirty-eight billion
0: it. dollar budget, sure,
1: thirty-eight and a <laughs> half billion dollar budget, uh, gonna just be discussed behind closed doors. So yeah, so I, it, and the thing is, okay, this meeting, the the existence of this meeting was announced on the house floor last right. week. Uh, Susan Lynn, chairwoman of the finance committee said, Oh yeah, we're meeting with the Senate on Sunday. Uh, now they were all pretty hush hush about when it was going to happen, where exactly it was going to happen. Um, but I did show up to the meeting and less than a minute after sitting down, they they essentially shut down the meeting.
0: How do you know they didn't get their stuff done? You, you know,
1: they didn't because I, I came <laughs> in about 15 minutes after they had started. And, uh, the, the two majority leaders, Jack Johnson and William Lambert they, they go out into the hall after Johnson calls a recess. They come back in a second later, they announce the meetings over. Um, and then I find out that they moved into another meeting I mean, into another meeting room and, uh, essentially hashed it out for, you know, a few more hours. And, um, we, we'll never know what was said. We
0: will find out on the back end uh, what Right happened. before
1: they vote for it. Yeah, we'll find out then.
0: So we will uh, bequeath that knowledge to you, the public, at some point when we uh, find out about it. Hopefully uh, it will be well explained and well intentioned. I'm sure it will be. Joining me today is Amelia farrell Nicely, She is our uh, Williamson County, one of three reporters. Uh, She mostly focuses on education. Uh, We're here to talk a little bit about vouchers.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: So I mostly wanted to focus on uh, two components specifically about Williamson County. One uh, related to uh, Sam Whitson, the representative, uh, the lone Williamson County rep, to vote against the, the, the vouchers bill this year. Uh, you did a story about him. Give readers a, a little bit of an idea on why he didn't buck uh, or, or bucked expectations in some sense and didn't vote with his Williamson colleagues.
2: Sure. So from the beginning of Governor Lee taking office, Whitson has been critical of vouchers and has questioned if they should come to Tennessee. So he's always indicated that he would probably vote against it. And then once Governor Lee unveiled his plan, he has been adamantly against them. He's a big champion of public education. And he also says and maintains that he campaigned against vouchers and therefore he is not going to betray his constituents vote. And he did indeed vote against them.
0: That wasn't the case with another member of the delegation, uh, Representative Brandon Ogle. I believe, was also one to campaign or speak out against uh, education savings accounts or vouchers before he got into office. Then when he got into office, what did he do? He changed his mind or...
2: Yeah. He even told the superintendent of the Franklin Special School District that he would not vote for them. And other people told me off the record in Williamson County that he had told them, absolutely not, I won't vote for them. But then once it came up, he allowed it to go through in the budget committee. I
0: mean, what was the thinking behind it? It sounds like some members, they often vote for bills just to allow all members of the chamber to vote on it. Uh, I believe I heard that out of him, at least in finance at one point, but he ultimately voted for the bill, right, on the finance. Final floor?
2: Well, I haven't spoken with him since he voted on it, so I can't say definitively why he did, sure. but indeed he did change his mind and decided to pass it.
0: The other uh, couple of members from the Williamson County delegation included Jack Johnson as well as, uh, and said he's the Senate majority leader, he was a huge supporter of this legislation, and House Speaker Glenn Cassida. Cassida, uh, I believe late last week uh, sent uh, or at least announced that he had the results of a survey back in his home district. Uh, what was what was the, the the tenor of that survey? I guess
2: so. He was surveying his constituents about a number of legislative topics, including a question on vouchers, and he just asked his. Um, excuse me, he asked his constituents if they would support a voucher-like program that would take state dollars, give them to families to use for educational opportunities, and backfill public schools. And he claims that 66.9% of his constituents support vouchers. Now, I talked to probably six, if not more than a dozen parents per week through my reporting, and I have yet to find one parent who has come out in support Mm. of vouchers. And I also think it's worth noting that both school districts have come out adamantly against vouchers
0: yeah and 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 just to be clear there williamson county isn't really affected by this legislation no Hmm.
2: They, both of their school districts are high achieving. I mean, it's the most affluent county in Tennessee. So as of now, there's no way that a student there would use vouchers.
0: The uh, other curious thing about this survey was the fact that two people in that household that got it were allowed to vote, which is generally speaking, not uh, a typical practice.
2: Yeah, it seemed a bit odd. I have requested the methodology of the survey. I haven't received that
0: yet. You might be waiting a while. <laughs> Thank you for coming on and uh, a big congrats to Amelia, who is heading back to her home uh, state of West Virginia to do more reporting uh, on great things there. So thank you. Thanks again. And finally, over the weekend during the NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans, the Nashville team here, came out against a series of uh, legislation that has been dubbed a uh, uh, sort of hate b- bills uh, that LGBT community has been targeting. They are the latest among a series of other organizations, businesses that have uh, come out against these uh, these various bills.
1: Yeah, this is after um, Alliance Bernstein, uh, you know, New York-based company several weeks ago had come out against them. Um, The Tennessee Equality Project has certainly been staying on top of this. We even had Taylor Swift weigh in on this series of bills. Uh, They're ranging from things like um, a bill that would allow adoption agencies to essentially discriminate against couples based on their convictions, aka same-sex couples. Um, Another one that, that the Tennessee Equality Project has kind of gone back and forth on whether they do see it as a risk, but it's um, a bill that increases the the penalty for indecent exposure in a bathroom, and it, it defines public space as a bathroom. Um, at one point, they said it, it did target the transgender community because of a, a line in there about gender dysphoria, and then that was a, that was removed in amendment. Um, another about a, a bill that would not allow municipalities to uh, what is it to essentially factor in. A, a contract company's uh, internal policies mm. when they when they hire them, uh, which some people could say you know could negatively affect uh, businesses with. With pro LGBT uh, internal policies,
0: of course, other groups to come out against these various bills uh, include IKEA as well as Amazon, which is a major or soon to be major employer here in Tennessee. It's unclear, Bridgestone, yeah, Dell, it, Warner Music. It, it's unclear whether these, uh, uh, you know, these uh, denouncements from these various companies will have any major impact on the fate of these various bills. We also don't know where the governor falls on them, uh, given that they have advanced as far as they have. You would think that the governor's office is either you know deferred to the legislature or, or it's fine with them. Uh, but we have not explicitly gotten a statement uh, from the governor's office, but we plan on doing that here. Uh, and finally, there is also, a, uh, I guess, a lawsuit that was recently filed uh, this past week related to uh, the LGBT community as well.
1: So in that lawsuit, there was a group of transgender people who have sued Governor Lee as well as the state's health commissioner over the law that doesn't allow transgender individuals from making changes to their birth certificate, which they say violates equal protection laws. Uh, and their right to liberty and privacy. There, there were similar lawsuits that won in Puerto Rico and in Idaho. There's some that are pending in Ohio and Kansas. Um, but they, they announced that last week with, with Lambda Legal, which is a pretty prominent uh, pro-LGBT rights uh, legal group.
0: As we look to wrap up, a couple of housekeeping notes. We may or may not have an episode next week. Uh, the Tennessean is in the midst of moving its offices. So we're heading to 1801 West End. Uh, if you want to send us mail, feel free.
1: Sure. Uh, yeah, this this could be the last Grand Divisions ever recorded in 1100 Broadway. So this is a well, historic... No, it
0: should be. It is. This is a
1: historic <laughs> podcast.
0: In our 50th, I believe. So
1: In our 50th.
0: Um. So we will try to get back as soon as we can. We're not sure when we We're going to get back online hopefully it will be next monday but uh be patient with us if it isn't we might have to record in the middle of next week so uh stay tuned we'll we'll announce something on twitter you can always find us on twitter at grand divisions three uh please continue to find us on itunes rate us that really helps Um, make the bosses happy and keeps us paid. Um, And uh, as usual, you can find us every Tuesday. This podcast is produced by John Garcia and Erica Whitney. I'm Joel Ebert.
1: And I'm Natalie Allison.
0: We'll see you when we see you.